On today's episode, we're going to discuss the MLI Select program, what rentals will help you qualify, how we treat new, vacant, and rehabbed buildings, and what mistakes you need to avoid to ensure you get that high loan to value with our guest, Ryan Evans from Evna Engineering. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, it's Taco and Hits Talk About Investing. So here I brought today's guest and he's got a wealth of information. Anybody is that chasing that MLI Select program, anybody that's chasing the MLI Select program, this episode's for you. Um, so I'll let my guest introduce himself and kind of give us a little background on who he is and where he came from. But this is our best episode yet. All right, Ryan, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, so just maybe I know you never done one of these. We never does. It's my first one. People, I apologize. I know no worries. No, nowhere, don't know where to look. So I'll be looking at Mark. We're we're fun. We're exciting. <laughs> um, you know, I'll wear a taco hat if that helps for you. Yeah, that's great. Um, so yeah, so give us, I guess, who you are, what it is that you do, uh, just in general, and then I'll start picking just, at you for probing. more. I'll start for you. Don't worry. Right, I'll keep cool. it going. So um, my background is uh, I grew up in the suburbs of Montreal, okay. the English part. Um, I always wanted to be an engineer when I was a kid. Didn't really know what that actually meant, but I just said I wanted to build things and everybody was just like, go into engineering. And so that's what I did. Um, and then, you know, after all my years of schooling, I ended up actually getting a job in engineering kind of in the building sector, which I was really interested in. I, I got, I got exposed to that in, uh, in college, um, working on CAD, drafting designs and whatnot. Awesome. So I got... And then at HVAC, I was exposed to mechanical systems as well. So I really got my nerd on back in college. <laughs> I, got, I got really excited about on. that. Um, was and, there a, sorry, so was there like a specific engineering thing that you fell in love with one over the other? Like engineering is there's like, it's like this. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. Okay. Uh, that actually stemmed from my, my history of working uh, as a junior mechanic in the car garage. So I always wanted to go into cars and, okay. uh, and then my love affair for buildings actually started in college right after high school. And, um, so I said, oh, this is really cool. And it was the realization that everybody shelter isn't going anywhere. It's one of those three pillars of, of any society of, you know, shelter, food and, and energy and whatnot. So it's like, I wanted to be a part of that. And so I pursued mechanical engineering, which isn't specific to buildings, Okay. Um, it's, it's all of the, the principles of, of mechanical engineering. So it doesn't really apply to what we do today. That was all learned on the job after the fact. Um, so halfway through school, I started uh, working for myself, consulting with Natural Resources Canada, doing home energy audits. Oh, so I was looking for something in that sector, and it took me a long time to find it. And I finally did it. So I was right. one of those home energy advisors coming to your house. So let's, let's, just so that the listeners and, and the viewers... What is a home energy audit just in like a quick five second? A home energy audit is someone coming through and helping you plan out a renovation for you to go and make improvements to your, to your building from a, an energy and a comfort, and then ultimately to help get an incentive from the government. So that was, that was why we were doing it. Okay. So you would go evaluate like how much insulation I have or any air leakage in my old windows. You would do some testing. And if I fixed... X, Y, and Z, the governments typically have green energy rebates and they'll give exactly. me some money back, right? So we, we were that, that uh, part of that process. Okay, cool. yeah, so, that's, uh, so that's what got me started to where I am today. It started with that. Um, I ended up working for a company in Toronto and my, my uh, claim to fame was 
I was the guy from Montreal that was working in Toronto with the building code when I worked on these larger developments. So that's just like, that's how my reputation spread because it was my, it was like that, that little bit of a wow, interesting factor. Yeah. Cause otherwise it was just, it's just kind of boring stuff. Yeah. You know? for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, let's move the energy efficiency, you know, from 10% to 15%. It's not exciting, sexy talk. Um, no, I don't know, man. Today's <laughs> listeners. Well, well, this, it's, it's sexy talk to our listeners today because there's dollar signs attached to it here. <laughs> when, when I started out, it, it, the dollar signs were a little less. So, um, so yeah. So and now, you know, fast forward um, like 10, 15 years, um, we've just continued to evolve our services to support our clients. So we do a lot of work with big developers and, and big uh, multi-res portfolio owners, but we also work with the the small and the mid size as well, just because we know it's an underserved market in the multi-res specifically. Yeah. That's actually how we got into it is because most of the competitors and the bigger firms were focused 10, 15 years ago, all on the office and big commercial developments. Yeah. And finding good expertise for multi-res was few and far between. Yeah. You know, I find that a lot too in, um, in business and stuff like that. Everyone's chasing that, that big fish and the big fish, you know, they, they get old or they pass or they pass the torch to, you know, internalized, um, their pools of fishes, but there's also tons of other fishes out there that start out small and they explode. Like, you know, you look at companies like Tesla, like they were, they weren't a fish at all swimming in the ocean. And then now they're massive, massive, massive company and how many other spinoff companies, right? So I'm sure there's a lot of guys that, that started talking to them early on. And then like, eventually, you know, fish get bigger. For sure. How big, yeah. you never know. And uh, and it's, it's always good to to service some of those smaller clients. Yeah, and that's kind of been our, our approach, right? There's there's no client too small. Uh, we do have our process of doing it. And um, that that's just, that's pretty much the threshold, whether, you, whether you're going to work with our team or not, is that does it align with your, do our visions and values align? Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, so, that, so what's your company called and what? do you do today for real estate investors? All right. So we're going to, I'm going to focus. So, um, our company's called Evan Engineering. We have a head office in Ottawa and we're also having offices in Toronto. Um, and for our real estate investors, our listeners today, our main focus, uh, in businesses revolve around, um, the MLI select and doing the assessments related to that CMHC program as well as all the ancillary services that go with it. So that's whether it be commissioning, uh, commissioning is, is another form of assessment, but it's usually doing more of a QA, QC on, on the construction pro- side. Okay. Um, then we also do um, air tightness testing, uh, air infiltration. So that's the way of finding those leaks. Mm-hmm. So we have the equipment to do that. Um, and then we're slowly expanding our service offerings, again, t- to give a package, uh, a suite of services Okay. Awesome. That's, that's quite a bit. Um, let's touch on the subject that, we, that I know Why our, we're all, all here our today. listeners <laughs> want to know. Okay. So MLI select program from CMHC, you know, I know you're not from CMHC, but, but what is it in, in, you know, in just generalities, like what is MLI? What, what does it stand for? What, what is the program and what is it designed to do? And we'll, we'll keep going from there. I guess. All right. So, uh, CMHC's MLI Select. Uh, MLI stands for Mortgage Loan Insurance. Uh, and the select is, uh, is on the principle that you get to select a different pathway in order to get your different insurance flexibilities. Um, 
It's a program that, that ensures your mortgage on your property, be it existing or new construction. And then there's the, the, the different uh, social outcomes, which is what you're selecting. Um, and that's your pathway through the program. Okay, so how the MLI Select work program works is basically you're going to be able to, if you qualify for the MLI Select, you're going to get better interest rates from CMHC and for your mortgage, and you're also going to get longer amortization terms. Longer amortization, higher loan-to-value, loan-to-cost, and lower, higher loan to value, lower right. debt recovery what's, ratio. What's, what's the high loan-to-value percentage that you can achieve? Uh, it's, it- so there's three levels. Okay. All right. The the entry level is you can get up to 85%, whereas your standard loan caps at around uh, 80, I think is the max, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And then you can go as high as 95% loan to value. And the same on the new construction side is uh, 95% loan to cost. Um, I was just advised this morning that there's there's some little nuances with that. Um, but it, uh, for the most part, that's the upper limit is achieving 95% Sweet. loan to cost. You guys hear that? 95. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So that's the MLI Select. So what's your involvement when it comes to the MLI Select program, right? Because that's offered by CMHC. It has nothing to do with you specifically that's right. outside of your involvement. So what, what do you do? How does, how does calling you tie into helping investors or people qualify for these programs? So this is a, that's a great question. Um, our sandbox within the program is the energy conservation we also assist with the Excel accessibility com- mm-hmm. um, portion of it. So the three social outcomes of the CMHC program are affordability. And that's the number one priority from CMHC, by the way. That's their mandate uh, is to improve affordability in Canada by 2030. Their second objective is energy efficiency and carbon. This is because they're a crown corporation and our country has a 2050 net zero objective. So a little ways away, we're not really thinking about it right now, but all of these improvements and programs are meant to help work towards it. Yeah. Work towards it. Awesome. It's a slow market transition, very slow. Um, and then the third uh, deliverable or the third objective of the program is the accessibility and universal design. And this is for the members of our community that identify as, a, as part of the disabled community. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so... So we help in the latter two. Okay, so... Um, so you help in latitude. Okay, so I buy this building, new or old, and if I can improve the energy or improve the accessibility universal requirement or improve the affordability, CMHC will help me get a better mortgage. That's right. Um, so let's say, for example, you you you. You, your refi- well, let's go with a refi example okay. with an existing building because there's a lot of interested people that are in that situation. Um, they're talking with your lender. Now, the lender is the gatekeeper to a CMHC program. So you want to get yourself a very good lender that you trust, have a good relationship um, because they're the ones that are going to be working with you on your financials. It's right? going to be any lender. Does it need to be a specific type of lender? Ideally, you are going to be working with a, a CMHC approved lender um, because okay. there's some criteria in there. So you want to right. you want to verify that. Uh, so I don't believe it's any lender. Um, okay. So you're going to want to do your homework um, or somebody that's at least lent using the program before, right? So you're not yeah you, they're yeah. not learning if, if, if they're not if learning you're through explaining you. the lender more about the program <laughs> than they are to you. That should be a red flag. It um, okay, so. 
So under the so once you kind of figure out the financials of the project, um, the affordability component of it is really a financial exercise. Okay. What we end up doing when we have preliminary or discovery discussions with our clients um, is we just advise them of the possible benefits. And we were kind of talking about that earlier uh, just before. So affordability, the way it's structured right now, makes a lot of sense in new construction, but it can be a lot more challenging on the existing building side. Okay, so let, let's break down how we qualify. Okay, so there's the three categories, energy, accessibility, and affordability. affordability. That's right. Um, how do I qualify? All right. So the, the minimum requirements is that you need to have a, a five units or more. So it's got to be a commercial, yeah, so it has a commercial to be five property. More. has to be five units. Um, if we're going to talk, um, this does the, new, can, does it apply for new, it complies with new construction or retro? Yeah, right? that's right. So okay. it's, it's the program, the program kind of, they sunsetted two, two prior programs and this is applies to both new and existing buildings. Um, so under a new construction, you have the minimum, they created this arbitrary point system. Okay. Okay. Um, so I used to call it level one, two, and three, mm -hmm. uh, tier one, two, and three. And that just would confuse people. So I actually just go with what you would see. If you go on their website, MLI select, uh, you'll actually see the tables. And so it yeah, goes we'll make by sure for the viewers and listeners, boy. if you're on our thing, we'll make sure we put it down in the link below. Yeah. On, on our YouTube channel. So that way you can just have access to the chart that he's speaking of and you can take a look. So, so in that chart, and you scroll down, you'll see it. You're going to see 50 points. That's level one. You're going to see 70 points. That's level two. And there's a hundred points. Okay. hundred points being the one you want to hit to get the mo most bang for your buck. So the hundred points is the one that, that, that makes a lot of sense for people. That's your 50 year amortization. So you're getting, you're getting an additional 10 years beyond any standard CMHC loan that you can get. Um, you're getting the premium, the insurance premiums reduced right down to 1%, which oh, is, wow. which is huge, right? Um, a broker I was talking to this morning was telling me that premiums today are sitting around four, four and a quarter, uh, even up to four and three quarters. So that's, that's a significant savings on your premium. Um, plus, as you've already mentioned, CMHC debt. And CMHC insurance actually reduces your your loan interest as well. Um, so those are those are the the upfront benefits. Um, your debt recovery ratio goes down, and I know enough financial information just to get me into trouble. So I'm not yeah. your finance guy. I just know that that is definitely a benefit, especially when you start owning multiple properties. Um, and then the loan the loan to value uh, jumps Engine. up to ninety five percent. That's the one you want. So that's right. the one that generates the most interest. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk in generalities <laughs> and not uh, be specific to anybody. Um, okay, cool. So how does hitting the different categories of points work? Is there like a trick involved or are there minimums in each category? What, how do, how do we score points? All right, so. I like to win. <laughs> so uh, as I mentioned earlier, the program was geared around affordability. So. If, when you look in the affordability section, you can achieve 50, 70, or 100 points, all from affordability. All from affordability. And that's not by accident, all right? Okay. So that's, that's your first pathway. If that's not going to work, then you can achieve 50 points from, from, uh, from energy, again, which is the minimum threshold, and 100 points. There is a lower level one, which is a 30 points. But 30 points isn't getting you to that 50-point threshold. So then you're going to have to, you're going to have to do energy with something else. 
Again, that's the reason for the select name. Oh, so you can combo. That's right. You so can I can combo. score 10 points out of one category, 40 points out of another category? Or? All right, so, so that's another good question. Um, there, There is no, because like I said, it's an arbitrary point system. So there's... They've they've assigned this weighted factor of points against these levels. Mm-hmm. So there's three levels in each social outcome, and then there's three levels of insurance, and it's that combination of points. So um, afford the lowest level in affordability is fifty. The lowest level, in, and you'll see it in the chart. The lowest level in energy is thirty. Combined is eighty. All right. So oh, I see. now that eighty points, if you were to do the first level of affordability and the first level of energy in your existing building, you get your 80 points. That puts you in the middle of 70 and 100. You don't get any bonus for going over 70. I see. All right. So you're not 100, so you're at 70. Right. But, but, you, but I still spent that extra money if you, it was. You, sp- you still, or you did the financial configuration for the affordability side, however it worked yeah. out. So what you're going to want to do is that you're going to want to select your objectives in the project. Um, by choosing and the, the the outcome to achieve the points uh, the level you want to achieve. So if you want fifty, you can get that going all in on affordability, going all in on energy, accessibility. They have a twenty and a thirty point level, and the criteria is the same for existing and new construction. Okay, so I have to hit. So I'll talk about the energy one because that's that's why I'm here. That's, that's your baby. So for the energy one. I have to hit those tiers within the energy one, right? Like I can't just do some of them or like, how does that work? So like, that's it. I upgrade my furnace. Like, is it like, I know I have to hit tier one in order to score minimum points. Right. Mm-hmm. But can I select anything to create that first tier or are there like to hit tier one, you have to complete these five and then to get to the second tier, do you have to complete the next three? Like, do they direct how you hit each tier or so? Um, that's, that's kind of the beauty of it there. So for on the energy side, um, for existing building, they're prescribing a, a target, okay. which is an energy reduction or savings below baseline. And what the baseline means is your existing building operation. So we take the last 12 months of energy use, and that's how much energy has been used in the building. And we're going to try to reduce that energy use by a 20, 25, and 40%, um, being level one, two, and three. Okay. Um, how we do that, there's no one way to do it. So that's so that kind of answers your question. There's yeah. going to be, so depending on your budget, depending on where the building is located, depending on the size of the building, the, the, the recipe changes. There are some recipes that can apply to all scenarios. They usually have a slightly higher dollar tag associated to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, some projects you know, we might be a little bit more frugal on it for for whatever the reasons are, whatever the circumstances can be, and we have to we have to pick and choose the solutions that make sense for that property. So this is where you come in. You help yeah, us that's what establish the recipe, so that we can go off, make this delicious hamburger, <laughs> and then sell it to CMHC for ninety five percent loan. There you go. <laughs> I love I love that analogy. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. We're helping you with that recipe for sure. Okay, so you're you're helping us with the recipe, and you being doing this a lot for investors and and obviously like minded people. You understand that you're trying to make the most cost effective hamburger for 
yeah. for our clients and still achieving the goals that you need to. So you've done a few of these and, and you can kind of, you have an understanding, especially of costs and stuff like that, where it's like you could score 10 points here and it'll cost you a hundred thousand dollars, but you could also score same 10 points here and it'll cost you 50 grand. Exactly. So we've been, we started working with this pro, this particular program we started working with when it opened uh, March, uh, 2022. Um, but we've been working with seem the, the, the prior program, the rental construction financing, which, uh, the predecessor here, um, since 2008. So it's the same, we've been applying the same process. Right. Um, it's just now where the interest level is on some of the, uh, some of the smaller properties that it just financially didn't necessarily make sense before. So, uh, our process would be again, understanding the pain points of the various stakeholders in the project. Uh, in an existing building, it's usually the project owner and the operator. Their the, their pain point is clearly cost, right? right. Anything that we do is coming down to cost. Whether it's how long the project's going to take, that's cost. Whether it's the type of equipment that's going in there or finishings or this, that, always comes down to cost. So we understand that. Um, so that's the reason why we're going to look at different solutions um, that not only achieve the objective that we were asked to find a solution to achieve, but we'll also show them alternatives so that they can weigh the pros and cons of the different scenarios. And we help guide them through, uh, through those choices okay. until they, until they come to a decision. And just so the viewers and listeners understand, like the reason you need to bring in, um, their team, Ryan's team here is because every building isn't the same. How it's losing energy is entirely different. My building and his building they could have been built in the same years, but at some point, the older one of the owners changed the windows and I didn't. And maybe my pain point to hit those 100 points is going to be changing the windows. And that's going to have a better cause and effect to help me score my energy efficiencies, which is why you guys are so important to this recipe, because you're not making the same recipe over and over again. You're actually making every recipe based on the building ingredients, I guess you could call it if we're yeah. keeping this food analogy. Yeah, here. exactly. I like right. the food. Well, it kind of goes with the branding that we got here in front of yeah, us. Yeah, the taco. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to switch it up. So <laughs> we're, we're making tacos here. <laughs> we're, exactly. We're making tacos. So we're definitely, uh, I love this analogy. So yeah, we're, you know, sometimes if it's a similar type, multi-res buildings are, are for the most part, um, a much simpler type of building than a commercial office. And it's just, just the nature of how it's right. being used. So there's only a handful of uh, systems that we're going to see in a building, but how you go about making improvements, uh, often we're not just always tweaking what was there. Sometimes we have to go to now replace and evolve that equipment. So there's that's where the change in the recipe comes in. Okay, sweet, sweet. And then, so how does it work? So we've touched on like the kind of retrofit or, or existing buildings. How does the baseline work because my old building obviously can be, you know, I could have no insulation. I could just have double brick. So improving my insulation is going to help me massively. But how does that work with new construction? Right. So um, the difference between the existing and new construction is that um, new construction is now compared to code. And the code that nice. the CMHC program is referencing is the National Energy Code for Buildings, the NECB, version 2017. Okay, so they're going back to 2017. I thought it was yeah. off of current code. Uh, the current one would be 2020, and it's just usually because there's a lag in uh, All right, in, in codes, usually about, about four years. 
Um, so yeah, the current one that's in force, and that's also something to be, to be knowledgeable about is that anything in new construction, we want to kind of have visibility on what code, what jurisdiction that we're operating in, because right. in some jurisdictions, you might be applying for CMHC under new construction, but you now also have a municipal requirement to comply with as well, which might conflict sometimes with CMHC. Uh, oh, I see. We also have provincial requirements. So this is where it starts getting a little complicated and, and, and it's frustrating for me because ultimately we're trying to advise you, the end user, the, our client, right. how do you achieve a higher performing building, which is going to reduce your operating expenses, boost up your net operating income, and then improve the, the value of your building. Again, okay. going back to dollars. Um, so that's, that's, what we're, that's what we're trying to do. Um, so... Does size matter? I know you mentioned size matters to qualify, but does size, like, is the bigger the building, the easier for me to kind of make this thing work? Or is there like a magic number where it like, it's nice or does it just not really matter at all? It kind of everything is a case by case scenario from existing. And then if you want to touch on the new construction, like if there's any difference at all, I don't know. So th there actually are differences. Um, in the existing building, the, the, the small buildings, uh, can sometimes be challenging because there's not enough systems to be had to make an improvement. Um, and uh, but then again, the smaller buildings by adding solar energy, you know, you might you might you might maximize all of the, the the improvements you can do to your to your existing equipment, your heating, your cooling, your ventilation, um, and then but you now have the ability to add some solar panels to generate your own electricity. And that can actually boost you beyond that 40% threshold quite easily. You start getting up into some of the larger buildings and, you know, six, seven stories starts becoming a threshold where you, you typically don't have enough space in your building or even on your site in, a, in an area like Toronto where the lots are quite, quite congested. Mm -hmm. um, you now, you can't do that. So it actually starts getting more and more challenging to use solar energy. So we have to spend more money on, on the, the, internal, uh, side of the internal systems. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So, um, does construction like building type, especially obviously this will apply more to the existing, like is double brick better than wood construction or block construction? Like, is there any differences from, I guess, a savings perspective? Like should I be trying to chase down double brick construction buildings? Cause I know that's going to get me a good energy savings. I don't know. Like, is, do you find like one type of building better better yeah. to to create energy savings on or or is so, it just kind of all over the place so um so in that case because we're shopping for something so we're looking at existing buildings um the a simpler envelope system tends to tends to actually be less performing it usually has less insulation okay. so the, the structural elements usually have little to no insulating uh, properties yeah. in okay them. Um, however, they do have impacts when we start talking about thermal bridging. Um, so when you mentioned wood frame versus concrete, and we were talking earlier about steel, uh, depending on how the design of the building is, if you have these, these really cool structural elements that it's a structural wall, but it protrudes through the envelope. So it does a cross, but now it also acts as a privacy barrier between a wraparound balcony. Well, as that structural concrete structural element, as an example, kind of goes through that envelope. Well, now you've just kind of created a break in that envelope. And so we call that a thermal bridge. Um, so 
there's ways to go and close that up. But anything that you're going to do in your envelope as an existing building retrofit project is going to be expensive. We tend to see more focus on new construction in, in higher performing envelope uh, systems. Okay. Usually because it's, it's cost prohibitive on the existing side. Um, so that's something to be mindful of. So the cladding, whether it's brick, whether it's, uh, whether it's stucco, um, you know, the cladding itself doesn't yeah. have, it's what's behind the cladding. Yeah. Whether there's like insulation in behind there or not, or, yeah. or layers of board and batten. Exactly. Um, you, you've seen some pretty interesting stuff oh, over I've, the years. You know, I, there's no <laughs> shortage of things I've seen. And it's not even what I've seen. It's what I've smelt. <laughs> that you can't unsee. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> you know, you always remember the, the smell of a good taco, you know, and the, and the taste. Not necessarily the look. It doesn't need to look the best. No. It just needs to smell or taste. Exactly. Um, but the inverse holds true also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember um, that horrible one. What about, okay, so are there any issues or considerations you find um, when we're looking at old buildings or new buildings like that that you would recommend, maybe not recommend, or like just things to look out for or, or I don't know, I guess I don't yeah. know. I mean, I don't, so, I, don't do, I don't do the MLI Select program as much as you do. So, so it's, again, because not every building is the same, but, um, you know, you, you might, a lot of your buildings in your portfolio might be hot water systems because you were, hot water baseboard with a boiler up in the basement or up upstairs or down in the basement. Um, so you might be looking through your portfolio and say, oh, well, I think all buildings that are, that are built in the 60s have hot water baseboard, but that's not necessarily true. Um, so what you're kind of looking for is what's the age of the equipment? Has the equipment been replaced in the last 10 years? You know, the likelihood of somebody investing something a little bit more high performing is greater. It's not. It's not. A, it's not. A, it's not a guarantee, but it's greater. So, because this is a question that we keep getting asked more and more, we actually decided to come up with a, a qualification review, and this was a tool that we were asked by some of our larger clients who right. who budget out um, a year and a bit in advance for their for their retrofits, and they needed to have some insight on what their plan. So. You're looking out of the refinancing or purchasing a building, we can come in and do a qualification review for, for a small fee of 600 bucks. And we're just identifying for you, okay, you have an old boiler, you have, you have an old domestic hot water heater, uh, there's opportunities to improve those. And that could probably, that coupled with a few other smaller LED lighting could get you to uh, 50 points. I see. So that's an amazing service. So you're not doing the full test, but you'll just go in kind of like peek your head and basically they get to pick your brain. Correct. Right. On what building that they're looking at or, or when they currently own. Yeah. That's amazing. Is there anything in the building? So I know you mentioned like boilers and, and hot water tanks, like, like it's gas, right? Like gas is a big no, no, like it's well, good. Well, it's, it's but better we, to we're get hearing, rid of. And you know, move into gas like is getting kind of a bad rap right now because of carbon, but um, you know, we don't have enough beer at this table to go into, you know, the whole <laughs> issue of carbon and electric electrification, but um, this is <laughs> it true. Uh, is we could be here for a yeah. long time. Um, but gas isn't necessarily the villain, but in this program, we are looking at energy and carbon. So we, if we do have gas, we're going to try to improve those gas systems. If you're purchasing a building or you're refinancing a building that already has high efficient gas equipment and you want to qualify for the program, 
you're now kind of in a position where you're not going to have a choice. You, you already have a very energy efficient boiler. You're going to now have to either electrify it with an electric boiler or now start looking at uh, different options such as uh, heat pumps. So it's or favorable from the program to go from gas to electric. It's, it's favor- an efficiency. And then after that, once you hit that efficiency to continue scaling up is. Yeah, because because energy um, in our energy system, it's there. there's carbon content in that. Right. And so gas has more carbon content than electricity, but it varies by province. In the right. province of Ontario, our grid is relatively clean. It's not as clean as Hydro-Quebec as an example, or British Columbia, but it's it's doing pretty good, right? There's no coal mines in anywhere, right? <laughs> All, all electricity is uh, green energy. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 all, it's all green. Um, so, but the reality is, is that as we start continuing, as we continue to build more buildings, our grids are going to, you know, we reach capacity. And if we start generating electricity with natural gas, you know, gas is the villain at, at, at the apartment level, but, but, but it's being generated with natural gas. So we actually haven't moved the needle anywhere. So again, that's, that's why I said there's not enough beer for us to get into that discussion. Um, so we're going to look at, if you have a gas system, we're going to show you all your options to maximize the efficiency by sticking with that fuel source. Okay. Because gas has a benefit, right? We just had a power failure last week out in Eastern Ontario and in Quebec. And, you know, a lot of people were out of power for three days up to a week and, um, you know, my old house was was an electric uh, furnace with a heat pump. So if I was still living there, I didn't have my gas furnace that I'm living in right now. I kind of would have been in 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 a problem. I wouldn't wouldn't have had my gas fireplace, and I would have been pretty cold for three days. So there's pros and cons to it. Um, so that's the reason why I'm just saying gas isn't the enemy. It's just that right now we're looking at trying to to be as efficient it's as we possibly carbon, can. It's the carbon, right? It's the carbon yeah. at the end of the goal, right? To be to be net zero, carbon's got to go at the exactly. end. Exactly. So, and including that's, electrical use. Yeah, right? and ultimately like, like, whatever we're using, we need to offset something uh with okay. with with a uh, renewable. That's right. Do you have top 5 on the MLI select categories um things that are Quick, easy points. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in a multi-res building, space heating and domestic hot water use usually represents the large majority of the, the energies in a building. Okay. Uh, most of the time is sitting around 70, 70 some odd percent. So anything to do with those two systems is a no-brainer. Um, low flow fixtures in your, in your showers, uh, your kitchens and your, your washrooms, anything that's going to use hot water um, that's something you're going to want to look at. That's, that's some low hanging fruit. We kind of spec out what, uh, what those fixtures look like in more detail, but that's, that's a no brainer. Um, energy efficiency lighting with LEDs, that's kind of a no brainer now today too. Um, then we go up into the heating equipment. So we try to, we try to address the mechanical electrical systems first. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just because it's a low impact to your tenant, you don't necessarily have to evict all of your tenants to do that. Uh, if you weren't renovating and doing a, a full, a full uh, a renovation job, like yeah, pretty much why they were bringing you in because not mm-hmm. everyone's doing that. Um, so though that's that's the approach. If the building needs it, you mentioned windows. Sure, you can do windows, but usually there's there's just it's in just buildings. No, 
Just windows are cheap. Yeah, exactly. Windows are cheap. <laughs> Everyone thinks like it's as easy as putting them in the house, you know, like <laughs> just even doing the engineering for the anchors that you got to put in your, your scissor lifts and stuff, not scissor lifts, your sky, your, your swing sky. stages, swing oh, stages, yeah. right? Like those anchors, you got to get them checked and tested. And then most of these buildings, it's not current. So it's not designed to support current day systems. So you always got to add them. But anyways, I digress. Um, okay. Are there any, okay. So those are some good ones. Um, any good ones in accessibility or. Um, so in accessibility, that's um, not so much a measure. It's like, when's the project going to be more fitting? It's in my opinion, it's a no brainer to be addressing accessibility in new construction. Cause you're able, you have a blank page and you're able to design the, uh, the suite layout and the corridors to yeah, meet, to check all the boxes, right? Uh, and make sure that you're addressing that universal design concept. In an existing building, um, there are some challenges and it's usually because of the scope of the project. If you're not looking at, if you're not able to rearrange suite layouts, the, the accessibility component is going gonna, is gonna to be challenging. Yeah, it's tough. A lot, a lot of it is having wider co- corridors and doorways and stuff like that it's, for for there, a bunch of it's them, a, right? It's a definitely it's a barrier component, yeah. right? It's it's not just that because we tend just to think mobility. Um, it's so it's not just the mobility, but mobility is a big barrier. Yeah, right. Even like I know at some of the buildings, there's like you know there's staircases up to it, and that's like how do you get? You know, sure you could redesign your suite, but how do you get a person in there, right? And then, then that those layer on the costs right for for some of that stuff yeah Um, but other buildings that have all of that stuff and you can just layer on some other stuff then it becomes an easy i think easy win for those it it does and and we have seen some some of these conversion projects where they're uh where they're converting from an office or or a church into a multi-res um i think i mentioned earlier those conversion projects now are going to fall under new construction despite it being an existing it's building, building, it's one of those exclusions um, or exceptions that uh, is within the program. And um, we've had a project where there was a basement level and to build a ramp um, to go down into the basement level and, and do, develop a universal suite was the same cost as building stairs. So they built the ramp and they were working with, uh, our client was working with our accessibility consultant and um, and yeah, they, they made a beautiful suite in the basement and allowed one more one more suite to help out our our oh, neighbors. That's perfect. Yeah, like for I know I'm doing the build in uh, St. Catharines, and yeah, we're definitely looking at all of the accessibility components since we're starting with a blank sl- slate and the affordability stuff. I think it's uh, I think it's brilliant. It's it's an under it's these are our neighbors in our community and they're they're underserved. So I think no, you're absolutely. doing a good thing. It's it's, it's tough. I mean, um, my 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 mother's in a wheelchair and like. You, I never thought, you know, you think Canada's great and stuff like that, but then you start realizing, like, you can't go to certain places mm-hmm. where you have to, like, you know, change your plan in order to go out, right? And then, you know, my, my parents, they love Peru, and they go down there, and then for them, it's like, oh, my God, Canada's so great, because down there, it's even worse. Like, mm. you know, in other uh, developing countries, they don't have the same push as we, we've been doing, so it's it's cool to see. Yeah. And I, 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 you, you kind of don't really know what, what, how complicated or how tough it is when you get into these uh, neighborhoods or until you start to have to, like, if you have a choice, you can just walk up the steps, right? But yeah. you go and you can't find parking or you have to like go all the way around or you have to park in a spot 
that you have to make sure no one's parked on either side so that you can just get out of the car. It's uh, it's crazy. And Seriously, was your mother deserved. was your mother always in a wheelchair? No, no. So that's so that's a key thing, right? Is that when we think of disability with a, from our neighbors, this is uh, we just think of somebody who might have been born with a disability. But there's a lot of people who, over the course of life, wind up with some sort of disability. And then another thing that we don't like to think about is that as we get older, through aging, we end up having mobility issues. We have vision impairment. We have hearing impairment. These all fall under the category. So whether we want to admit it or not, at some point or another, everyone in our population will fall under the disabled category. And it's not meant to be derogatory. It's like, that's it. You're going to have some sort of disability to work with. Yeah, no, for sure. I I mean, I feel it in my knees sometimes when I go to a vacation on these resorts and it's just nothing but staircases, man. I, I was in the military for 15 years and let me tell you. Thank you for your service. The knees have... Uh, it's taken its toll. Have They've carried too much weight. <laughs> that's for sure. And not just this weight. It's other weight. Um, okay. Uh, is there anything else that you want to touch on for like, you know, like our, our, our basically our, our listeners and, and viewers are I think, typically real estate investors. So I, I think the one thing that I just want to share with everyone is that um, from our lessons learned over the years, and, and we've been doing this with, in different sectors now, I've been doing it since 2005. Um, these high performance objectives, and I call them high performance because you're not just complying with code right? You yeah. have to do that. So it's not even a choice, right? So you're choosing to go above and beyond. Uh, so that's why I refer to that as a high performance. And um, this isn't done by accident, right? So I say high performance is not achieved um, without intent. And which means that you need to have a plan and you need to execute that plan. And then you need to check that you actually did what you said you were going to do. And so that's how, that's how we've kind of compiled our service and it fits the requirements for CMHC, as well as some other programs that are out there as well. Okay, so is there anything that um, investors or, or people who are looking for companies like yourself need to have prepared before they, you know, start calling Ryan and Ryan just kind of says, yeah, I need the following 10 items, or do you have this, this, this in place yet? Like, Yeah, so we kind of, there's a full spectrum of like where people are coming sometimes. It's your first building and you don't have a ton of experience and we have seasoned investors and seasoned property owners. So, um, you know, essentially what you're going to really want to have prepared if you're thinking MLI Select and you've seen this podcast um, is that you're going to want to have had a, a discussion with a lender, kind of get your financials, uh, some visibility there because I'll, I'll walk you through the program like what we're kind of high level Great. doing today, but we can't really get into the gritty details until we kind of know what you need, right? You might need 70, that 70 point level for your financials to work. So if we provide you a solution that, that gets you to only to 50, you're still not hitting it. You know what I mean? So, the, so that's the, the first step is to really kind of get a good sense of how many point, what level, yeah, what, what level of leveraging or, or benefit do you need to make exactly for this to make sense? Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And the other thing I wanted to touch on, which I meant to touch on earlier, but we'll, we'll cut it in is, um, what about we're doing the performance based on, you said the last year. Well, so I gave how, that as an example. Right. Yeah. You're going to use 12 months to judge like it's previous usage and then 
forward with the, any of the new stuff and then you can redo your measurements. Mm-hmm. So what about vacant buildings? How does that work? Like I have a client who purchased a house that was on fire. So it's been vacant for a year. It's being sold. Like how does me as an investor, I'm trying to buy this vacant building. How, how, how do you guys get your baseline now? How do I get 20% better than something that kind of doesn't exist, I guess? So that's, so that's a, a gray zone. So first we got to clear that with the CMHC, right? Because they do have an occupancy component and uh, they are, they do come right out and say that they're not, they're not, uh, the, the intent is not to go in these, these vacant buildings that haven't been used for 10 years. Um, our, our approach, once we get approval, is that we're using a lot of the new construction uh, codes mm. to, and, and the, 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 the profiles within the codes. That as, so we would be following a similar approach as if it was new construction and almost doing a hybrid approach. Okay. Because we still have an exit. So we would look and see what's in the, the, in the building from, from an, an installation perspective. We can still go and do an air tightness testing. You know, granted that there's no big gaping holes in the wall because right. of the fire. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we use our best judgment there. Um, but anything that we, the, the details that we don't have because the building hasn't been occupied, if approved by the CMHC, uh, we then pull some of that from new con- the new construction code. Oh, I see. So it would fall more on the new construction It'd kind, be kind of it's, 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 Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of like, a, a I call it like a hybrid, right? right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. So it's, so those types, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, kind of binary it's it's pretty straightforward or it's not and then there's a lot of gray um okay so the other gray zone are your infill type projects those uh those can can cause some 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 challenges and stuff no, for uh, sure the way the cmhc is set up the program okay and then what about um like how long does this take like not the financing side of things just like from the day i call you and say hey look i have this building, it's coming up for a refi. Mm-hmm. I need you to come do your thing and help me figure out my plan so I can call my construction guy and get him in there. Great. Um, so our typical lead time to deliver an assessment is four to six weeks. Okay. Um, in a pinch, if, they're, if, if people are really up against the wall because of a refinance date, uh, depending on the size of the building, if it's a bit smaller, it can be done in, in a short amount of time. But usually we, we don't want to rush it, you know, because again, we're setting up a plan and yeah. uh, we also want to ensure that people are successful in that plan. So four to six weeks is usually what we give, we advise people. So you want to, again, you want to try to plan this out. You, you can give yourself some time. Okay. So, so two months is a good timeline to just fit yourself into our existing regular rental plans. Yeah. Kind of and, and two months is, could even get tight, right? Because if you got certain deadlines and stuff, like. That's what it is for me to do my work. So, you know, you want to, you want to get ahead of the curve as much as possible. Yeah, no, that's what I was saying. So I meant if inserting your process would be two months. Correct. Addition to my existing time. Exactly. Right? That, okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, I, unless anybody's got any other questions, <laughs> you know, post them down below and I'll pick Brian's brain or you can email him directly. We said we were having fun. We are having you got, fun. This we is, got through your checklist. This is, this your, is, they did. You know. It's pretty good. They, they keep me on track. Um, okay. So Ryan, thanks for being on our show. Um, I'm going to give you one of those mugs. They're, I'm excited. Uh, this is awesome. Super, super fancy. Yes, sir. Uh, I love our branding. I don't know. Like it's our great. team is pretty clever and it's very clever. It's been fun and exciting. Um, okay. So how do people get a hold of you? What's your email address? 
phone number if you want to give out your phone number, website. Uh, how do we get in contact with you? How do we get yeah, help from sure. Ryan? And also maybe you want to touch on what area, geographical areas you're servicing. Uh, I know you do GTA in this area, but. So we do Canada. We're, we're across the country. Um, we have boots on the ground to help us. We can't get there ourselves. Um, you can get a hold of me, my email, Ryan, R-Y-A-N dot Evans, E-V-A-N-S, at Evna, E-V-N-A dot C-A. Uh, Mark said not to give out my number, so I'm not giving out my number, so you can send me an email. Um, our email, our web address is Evna dot C-A, so www. Um, you can check us out on LinkedIn. You can find us. I don't know the handle. Don't, don't bother asking. All right. We'll <laughs> add all of those stuff. Um, just look down below. In the notes. Yeah. In the notes <laughs> down below. That's what I, when I, I just always do this. That's the best way to go. Um, guys, if you're not on Discord, you should follow me on Discord or join our Discord server. I give out some of my construction management stuff. You get direct access to me. You can ask me any questions. Um, I'm going to put some tips and tricks and stuff that I've learned doing the MLI select program for clients. I'm going to work with Ryan. We're going to come up with like a cheat sheet, I think. And we're going to offer that only through our Discord server. So if you're interested in this stuff, click the link below or find me on my link tree. We're going to have all that Discord information for you. And again, my whole team is on the Discord server. For those of you who don't know what Discord is, it's just a big giant chat room. But in that chat room, it's designed for gamers. And you can categorize stuff. You can create channels. So I'm going to build out an MLI select channel. And I'm going to convince Ryan to join us, put him on the spot right now. And that way we'll be able to pick his brain on uh, some of the things. And, you know, if you pick his brain enough, you're going to realize that you really need to hire him because uh, he's going to get you 95%. It's a good number. Um, also, follow me on all of my socials, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. It's at Talk About Investing. And thanks for watching the show. Have fun, guys. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks very much. Appreciate it, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Hope you enjoyed the show and thanks for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Talk About Investing. Join the conversation on our Discord server for more tips, advice, and speak directly to the pros and also get access to our rental management platform. If you have any ideas for the show or any feedback, hit me up on my socials and let's continue to talk about investing.